This morning we are completing a series of messages that I've been preaching. This will be our fourth in the series on a life of blessing. And um, I trust that you have been encouraged as I have as we've kind of been reminded once again of this powerful, impactful biblical truth about the blessing. Three weeks ago, we looked at, and I don't have, I I don't seem to have uh, power. Do I? Did I just do that or did? All right. Well, I have Miss Claire in the sound booth to help me today. All right. Good. I don't know if we can get that back. That'll be great. Otherwise, Claire, we're together on this one. All right. The first week, uh, we looked at receiving the blessing, and all of these, the CDs are available for you in the back, so if you've not uh, been here for any of these particular series of messages, could I please encourage you to get a CD and, and sermon notes as well from the back, because they will help you kind of lay the foundation for everything uh, that even what we're going to be talking about this morning. Our foundational scripture is found in Numbers chapter 6, verses 22 to 27. When the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless you them. Now, what we discovered in this foundational message that I shared three weeks ago was that there were some very significant things about the blessing. First of all, we need to define what the blessing is. It is not simply wishful thinking. It's not simply sort of a hopeful prayer. In blessing, we are to bless, which in the Hebrew is the word barak, is the act of imparting the blessing, the baraka the force from which the fullness of life springs and which enables one to fulfill one's assignment and calling. So when we're talking about blessing, again, we're talking about more than wishful thinking. We're talking about more than hopeful prayers. We are talking about the impartation of the life of God into another person in order for them to fulfill the calling and assignment that God has given to them. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and life to the full. The purpose of the blessing is releasing that flow of life into another person through impartation from God. So that's why it's important to see the foundation here. The source of blessing is the Lord who is the creator and sustainer of all life. It flows out of His kindness and faithfulness and is expressed through His mercy. So this isn't about you working up just the right formula of words to say to somebody. This comes out of God's heart Himself. He is the creator of life. He is the sustainer of life. He is the releaser of life into His people. Now the framework for this, the priestly blessing was given in response to the atonement. We looked at this in that first week again. Aaron was given the instruction to place the blessing on the people of God immediately following the sin offerings, the burnt offerings, and the fellowship offerings. Once the people of God had experienced right relationship with Him and with one another, that blessing was to flow in a clean, clear way. So there is ne- it is necessary in the blessing that we recognize that it flows out of right relationship with the living God which comes through His sacrifice for us. So again, it's flowing out of His heart, but it's flowing out of the atonement. It's out of His mercy covering our lives. It also comes as we are in right relationship with other people. This is why forgiveness is such a significant part even in the unlocking of the blessing into another person's life. It is very hard to impart the blessing when you're withholding forgiveness from another person. Try to bless somebody with a bitter heart. How's that working for you? Okay? Now, there is an increasing flow of blessing that is poured out over the people of God as we looked at and 
in that scripture in Numbers chapter 6. The Lord bless you and keep you. This is provision and protection from the Lord. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. This is His favor and His grace. The Lord turn His face towards you and give you peace. This is His love and peace. These are the things that are being poured out in impartation and blessing upon His people. Provision and protection, favor and grace, love and peace. And it's an increasing flow of life that is being imparted into His people. It's like a cascade. It's a fountain. And the final promise is that the name of the Lord will be placed upon His people. And here's the fact, people. In fact, His blessing will come upon them and accomplish what He intends. Did not we just hear that in the testimony from Norm? We just heard that. The Lord's blessing, He seals it by putting His name upon us, which says, I will do the very thing that I have said I will do. Because He really, truly is faithful. Now, the second week we looked at returning the blessing. And in this, it's the blessing, as the blessing has come upon us, we have the opportunity to return the blessing to others. And we looked at the specifics around what the blessing means. A blessing begins with a meaningful touch, continues with a spoken message expressing high value, picturing a special future for the one being blessed, and comes with an active commitment to see the blessing come to pass. So there are five elements of the blessing that we looked at. There are meaningful touch, there is the spoken word, there is an expression of high value, there is a special future pictured, and there is a commitment, an active commitment to see that blessing come to pass. Again, we looked at all of these in depth in that second message, and we won't take time to do that again this morning, but we looked back through the Scriptures and discovered what the blessing really means. Last week, we talked about reclaiming the blessing. Because you know what? Every single one of us in this house, here this morning, everybody listening to this message in whatever form or fashion or way in which you will hear it, in some way or another, has had to, in some part, live apart from the blessing. Not None of us, because we live in earthly homes, because we grew up with other human beings, all of us, at one in one form, fashion, or another, have experienced a lack of the blessing in our lives. Some of us grew up in homes that were inconsistent. And the blessing was given to some, but not to others. Some of us grew up in homes where the, um, where the blessing was impossible to attain. It was always something just out of reach. It was like a carrot on a stick. No matter how hard you tried to earn it, you couldn't quite get it. Some of you grew up in incomplete, where the blessing was given only, again, partially, but not fully. And so there's, there's places in your life where you have experienced incompleteness as it relates to the blessing. So all of us have experienced that. All of us have gone through that experience. And because of that, there are many of us that, that struggle and strain and attempt to seek for the blessing in all kinds of different ways and are unable to find it. We're unable to get there. We're unable to receive that blessing. So, the conclusion is that the blessing from God is greater than any curse. And His grace and goodness will enable us to reclaim the blessing and receive the impartation we need to fulfill our assignment and calling. We can reclaim the blessing. It is greater than any curse. Any curse. Any curse. 
I received an email from someone just this week just reflecting upon that and recognizing that reality because I think sometimes, because we've looked at Genesis and we've seen Adam and Eve and the fall and we saw the curse come and we think that somehow we have been cursed, but God didn't curse us. He didn't even curse work. He just said things will be hard. They will be difficult, but we are not living under a curse. We're not living under a curse. We may live in bondage to sin. We may live in bondage to our brokenness. We may live in bondage to a number of different things until we have received. But when we have received Christ, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. So in Christ, every curse is broken. That is a fact. And His name is upon it to seal it and say it's true. It's fact. However, the Lord your God would not listen to Balaam but turned the curse into a blessing for you because the Lord your God loves you. Joseph's great words. I love this. This is called, I love thinking about this as 50-20 vision. Genesis 50-20. If you ever want to think about that, just think about having 50-20 vision. You intended to harm me, but God intended for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Joseph's brothers had sold him into slavery, did all those things. He ended up in all kinds of trials and tribulations, but in the end, God used all of that because you know what? God is the ultimate recycler. He was a green God before green ever came into our vocabulary. He's all about green. He recycles everything for blessing for His people. So this morning as we conclude this series, we're going to talk about releasing the blessing. We've talked about receiving, returning, reclaiming the blessing. Well, we can't bring ourselves full circle without releasing the blessing. Releasing the blessing. Our foundational scripture is going to be found in Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. The first three verses. Genesis 12, 1 to 3. This is the calling of Abraham. This is the calling... This is the... This is the establishment of Israel as the people of God. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your country, your people, and your father's household. Go to the land I will show you and I will make you into a great nation and I will what? Bless you and I will make your name great and you will be what? A what? A blessing. I will bless those who bless you, whoever curses you, I'll curse and all people, say all, all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Now here is a very significant insight that I don't want you to miss. Because we're Americans, we can think that the blessing is all about me. It's all about us. Thank you, Lord. Bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. The purpose of God's blessing in your life is to make you a blessing so that the blessing will flow through you. Like the river in Ezekiel chapter 47, the only time that the water gets stagnant is when there's no outlet for it. So it's all about us getting all of the blessings and just hoarding it all to ourselves, we're going to soon become stagnant and soon it's going to shut down in our lives. He makes us a blessing. In, he makes us, He blesses us in order to make us a blessing. Let me say that again. He blesses us in order to make us a blessing. 
Now, here's the impetus behind this series that I'm doing. So I, I think I may have mentioned this early on in the series, but I want to mention it again right here, right now. Here's what I believe. I'm going to let you in on something that I believe is in God's heart. I really genuinely believe that it is God's heart and intention that Bethel Christian Fellowship be a house of blessing. That's his heart. That this be a house of blessing. So the question I'd like to close our series with this morning is, how can we as a church release the blessing? How can we as a church release the blessing? Well, I'm glad you asked the question because I'd like to spend a little time answering that. Okay. These are not going to be, okay, these are not going to be like, Oh my, this is brand new. I've never heard this before. But I want you to listen with fresh ears, look with fresh eyes into the Scriptures, and hear the heart of God. See the plan and purposes of God for the life of this congregation and how you are a part of that, how you get to participate with Him in this work. How can we as a church release the blessing? First of all, we need to remember what our mission is. Guess what? You and I and every single one of us have very good forgetters. Everybody here got a good forgetter? I think so. It's really easy for us to lose track of what we're about and why we exist. So let me remind you what our mission is. We exist for those who are not yet here. Let me say that again. We exist for those who are not yet here. We don't simply exist so that we can be comfortable. So that we can feel good about ourselves and about one another and about being together and isn't it warm and it's wonderful and it's incomplete. Because He has still others that He's bringing who aren't here yet. And we exist for those who are not yet present. Matthew 28, 18-20. You know this. Jesus said to them and said, this is, came to them and said, this is at the very end of His time on earth. He came to His disciples and He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Me. Therefore, what? Do what? Go. What? Go. Go. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Go, I'm with you. Go, make disciples. Go to the ends of the earth. Go next door. Go next door. Go next door. Acts 1.8, here's the promise. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Here is an impartational verse that Jesus is saying. Here is His blessing to His people. He's imparting them with that which they are going to need to fulfill the assignment and destiny and calling He's given them. He's saying you will receive power when my Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, right around you, in Judea, to those who are just outside of your circle of normal circle of influence, to Samaria, to those who are different than you are, to the ends of the earth, those you've never even seen yet, you will be my witnesses in all of these places. Now, if you have your bulletin, please pull out this sheet of paper. Would you? Pull out this sheet of paper if you got a bulletin. It will also be up here in a moment. We are going to remember what our mission is here at Bethel Christian Fellowship. Our mission, our calling, is to radiate life and joy as a house of prayer 
for all nations. Now, there's a couple of key scriptures here. Isaiah chapter 35, let's read it together. The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Like the rose, it will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. Second verse from Isaiah chapter 56, 6 and 7. Foreigners who bind themselves to the Lord to serve Him, to love the name of the Lord and to worship Him, these I will bring to my holy mountain and give them joy in my house of prayer. For my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. That means all of us here in this room have been called by God to be a part of His house of prayer for all nations. And we're called to radiate life and joy. So now, embedded in this calling, there are the three strands that help define our identity and our destiny. We talked about this a little bit at the annual meeting, and I've actually, we've done some re-articulation even since then, kind of tightened up this particular mission, vision, calling statement for Bethel Christian Fellowship. So I'd like you to actually take this piece of paper and put it in your Bible, put it on your refrigerator door, put it somewhere to help remind you over and over and over again what is, why are we, what, what is our mission? Oh yeah, that's right, that's what we're about. First of all, we're about inviting hospitality, being a place to belong, a growing intercultural community welcoming strangers to become friends. What we do here on Sunday morning, what we do every time we gather together, whether it's in a life group, whether it's in a small group, whether it's in youth group, whether it's kids, whatever it is, we are called to be a place where people feel like they belong. So as Lidovic shared this morning, where if you come in as a stranger, we trust that you will go out sensing the friendship, not only of God, but the friendship of other people, because that's what we're called to do. That's part of imparting the blessing to people, is to welcome them in. Secondly, there's intimate spirituality, a place to believe. We are a joyful community, passionately pursuing God and hosting His presence. Now, let me just tell you that for a lot of people, the last thing they think about when they think about prayer is joy. Oh boy. Crank up the drudgery machine. We're going to gut it out for another five minutes of prayer. But God said there's going to be joy in my house of prayer. So part of an intimate spirituality is overflowing with joy. As a church, if we're not known as a joyful community, we're in trouble. Not a kind of a little superficial, artificial, happy, 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 but a deep joy that comes out of a reservoir of life in God. Joyful community. Thirdly, intimate, intentional missionality, a place to become. A life-giving community living out God's mission to reach all peoples. I've said this before, let me remind you again. I don't know about you, when you think about the character of Jesus, when you think about who Jesus is, when you think about all He did, what's the one thing that comes to your mind? The one thing that comes to my mind when I think about Jesus is that He was life-giving. Everywhere that He went, He brought life. Everything He touched became alive. Where there was deadness, there was life. Where there was sickness, there became health. Where there was despair, there became hope. He was constantly bringing life. And so we, in our calling to radiate life and joy as a house of prayer for all nations, part of our intentional missionality, being a place to, be, to become, is that we are called to be a life-giving community that is living out God's mission to reach all peoples. That's our calling to become. So, remember what our mission is. Because, you know what? We got really good forgetters. Secondly, we're to reaffirm our message. We want to reaffirm what is the message 
that has been given to us to give, to release into the mission field which we've been called into. And we'll get to that in a moment. First of all, for God so loved the world. We all know this scripture, yes? John 3.16. God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. He wasn't so mad at the world. He wasn't so ticked off. He loved it so much that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. The purpose of Christ coming to the world was to bring salvation. His purpose was to bring life. And it flowed out of His great love. Too often, the church is seen as a condemning place. In fact, that's probably the number one reason why people hate church and don't want to come. Because they feel like all I'm going to do when I get there is get condemned. But Jesus didn't come to condemn. Yes, He came to convict the world of sin, but it was for the purpose of bringing salvation. Acts 3, 24-26 Indeed, all of the prophets from Samuel on, as many have spoken, have foretold these days. And you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. That's back to where? Where, where did we just read that? Genesis 12. When God raised up His servant, who was His servant? Jesus. He sent Him first to you in this context. First to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. In other words, now Peter's saying Jesus is the embodiment of what Abraham, the foretaste, the promise that was given to Abraham is now released in Jesus. Jesus is here to bring blessing both to the Jews and to the Gentile. That's His purpose. That's His heart. That's the message that we have. Romans 10 says this, there is no difference now between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and He richly what? Blesses all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You want to receive the blessing? You've got to call upon Jesus. He is the blessing giver. He is the blesser. And the message that we have and what we're reaffirming as our message is that He is no respecter of person, but everyone who will call upon Him shall be saved. And He will bless all who call upon Him. Finally, and I shared this Scripture back um, a few, and it's not Acts 3. I'm sorry, that's Luke chapter 11. Where is it at? Sorry, I want to find this. All right. What's that? Anybody got it? Quick, for me. All right, forgive. Mm. All right, well. 12.38, thank you. Luke 12, 38. No? I don't think so. Luke 6, 38. Maybe there we are. All right. Here we go. We're being good Bereans. We're finding our scripture. There we are. Luke 6, 37. So Luke, 30, Luke 6, 37, to 30, uh, 37 and 38. All right. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now one of the things that I noticed about this, and one of the things I want to remind you again of this morning, in terms of reaffirming our message, and what I mentioned earlier, is that in this context, 
what is being pressed down, shaken together, and running over that is getting poured out flows through the context of forgiveness. It's as we are forgiven, and it is as we forgive, that the blessing becomes released through our lives into the lives of others. Pressed down, shaken together, and running out all over. That's the message. The message is one of extravagance. This message of blessing, God doesn't just eke it out. It's not like drip, drip, drip from a faucet that's leaky. It's not like God says, oh, maybe, maybe I'll just, I don't know. Uh, I'm feeling a little bit good today. Maybe I'll just give a little bit, I'll just give them a little taste of blessing. No, he pours it out extravagantly. That's his blessing in ways beyond what even words can describe, certainly ways beyond what material sorts of things we might look at. Sometimes we confuse blessing with material goods. It's much richer and deeper and greater and fuller than that. All right. Final piece here as we come in for a landing. Re-engage our mission field. Not only do we need to remember what our mission is, not only do we need to once again sort of rearticulate to ourselves and reaffirm what our message is, we then need to take it to the next step of reengaging our mission field. And the first way we do that, and this is very specifically directed from the Lord into my heart to share, is with humility. I think one of the things that blocks the releasing of blessing, frankly, is the pride of the church. Our arrogance. God forgive us and God help us. Our arrogance about ourselves, our arrogance about whatever. I mean, you know, there's so many different ways. And I believe that the Lord is inviting us into a posture of humility. He says your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and earth and under the earth. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life in order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing. You shine like stars when you come at the level place of the cross. Jesus came in humility. He came in brokenness. He came in sacrifice. He came under. There's a posture that we need to have when we re-engage our mission field. And it is one, a posture of, of listening. It's a posture of compassion. It's a posture of concern and caring. It's a posture of brokenness posture of humility. Secondly, there's the unity, how we re-engage our mission field. It's in unity, one of the scriptures that you all, perhaps many of you are familiar with, from Psalm 133, how good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. It's like precious oil poured on the beard, running down on the beard, poured on the head running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down upon the collar of his robes, as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. For there the Lord bestows, or even stronger word, commands His blessing, even life evermore. When there's unity among the people of God, 
He commands his blessing when there's disunity, that blessing is is broken. There's there's a there's a blockage to the blessing when there's disunity. That's why Jesus spends so much time on this issue among believers that we must love one another as a new commandment I give to you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this all men will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. You know what? The world has been given the right to judge us by our love for one another. That's scary. A new command I give you. Love one another. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others, sent them two by two ahead of Him into every town and place where He was about to go and told them the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into His harvest field. The context of this is He's sending out the disciples, the 72, out into the mission field to re-engage the mission field and He's inviting them to do it in teams. If we're going to release the blessing, we need to understand we don't have to do it all alone. We do it with one another, in concert with each other, in teamwork, going out two by two, re-engaging our mission field for the purpose of releasing the blessing. The message that God loves this world so much. Finally, Intentionality. We talked about intentional missionality. This doesn't happen without intentionality, without us actually, what? Taking a step, putting one foot in front of the other, beginning to actually activate that which God has put in us in order to release it. Ephesians 5 tells us this, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Because the days are evil. There are opportunities all around us. We need to make the most of them. A lot of us make the least of them. Unfortunately, I think, frequently, the church in general is making the least of opportunities rather than the most. Start thinking in this perspective. This is part of intentionality. How can I make the most of every opportunity today? Just do that. It'll change your life. How can I make... Wake up in the morning saying... How can I make the most of every opportunity the Lord puts before me today? Which means you're going to have to wake up. Which means I have to wake up. I love this. I heard this quote. You can just put this. This has nothing, well, only tangentially related to the sermon. If you want your dreams to come true, you're going to have to wake up. Isn't that good? I like that. I wrote that one down. If you want your dreams to come true, you're going to have to wake up. If you want to make the most of every opportunity, you're going to have to wake up. Wake up to the opportunities that the Lord is giving to you. Now here's some things, some ways that that gets worked out. The first is in prayer. The first is in prayer. You and I... Every single one of us in this room can begin to engage our mission field in prayer. What's our mission field? It's the people all around us. It's the people who aren't yet part of the kingdom. We exist for those not yet present. So what do we, can we do? We can begin to pray. I've been reading Acts this week. I hope you have. It's been wonderful. Hasn't it been fun? It's just so cool. So... The believers pray for courage. As soon as they were freed, this is Acts chapter 4, 23. Um, Peter and John returned to the other believers, told them what the leading priests and elders had said. And when they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together 
in prayer to God, O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. You spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor David, your servant, saying, Why were the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. In fact, this has happened here in this very city. For Herod, Antipas, Pontius Pilate, the governor of the Gentiles, and the people of Israel were all united against Jesus, your holy servant, whom you anointed. But everything they did was determined beforehand according to your will. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And after this prayer, the meeting place shook. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they preached the Word of God with boldness. Prayer. In your bulletin, right now, this month, we have a focused season of prayer upon the B people. This is our adopted people group on another part of the world. Many of you will never meet them. I have. Dave and I have been there. We've been to that part of the world where the B people live. We've met them. We have interacted with them. We have prayed for them. We as a congregation, along with a few other congregations around the world, have the opportunity to pray specifically that God would begin to shake that people and reveal Himself to them in dreams and visions. We've already heard stories of that happening. So right now, I would like you to take the hand of the person next to you, please, for just a moment, and we're going to pray together right now for the B people. Lord Jesus, we cry out to You. Sovereign Lord, You are King over all the nations. You are King over every people. You who are calling all nations, tribes, tongues, and people groups to Your throne for eternity. Lord, come right now by Your power and grace. Sovereign Lord, come and move here in that people. Lord God, I pray that You would reveal Yourself to them in dreams, in visions, Lord through testimony, God, by Your Word. Lord, I pray that You would come, that You would saturate this people with the very presence of the living God. And even those who are seeking after God, we know that there are many there who are fearers of God, who even are seekers of God. I pray that they might come to know the one true God, even Jesus Christ, our Lord. So God, You are the way, the truth, and the life. You are the resurrection and the life, Lord. Come and bring life to this people, we pray. Together as a church, in agreement, we're asking You to release, Lord God, this people. Deliver them into Your hands and into Your kingdom. For the glory of the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You've just re-engaged your mission field. You just did it. You just did it. It's as simple as that. Begin to pray. Pray in your workplace. Pray in your school. You can still pray in school, people. It's okay. You can. Pray in your workplace. Pray in your neighborhood. There's a movement going on right now about Adopt a Street in St. Paul where people are going to be able to sign up and take a street and say, I'm going to pray for that street. Okay? Pray. 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 Secondly, proclamation. They prayed and then they went and did what? Preached the Word of God boldly. I was just reading yesterday and I just came across this last night in my reading in, in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 20, 24. Put this one in your notes next to this. Paul says, But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Did you hear that one? Acts 20, verse 24. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Let that one sit on you for a minute. All right. Thirdly, power. Power. Remember, the disciples, they're walking along by the gate, beautiful, and there was a man there who, uh, who had been brought there over and over and over again. Sorry, Acts chapter 3. Acts 3. Uh, where are we at? Um, 
Acts 3, verse, well, it starts in verse 1. Yep, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. So they're on their way to prayer. And as they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Now they could have said, we got to get to prayer. We're going to be late for the prayer service. But each day, this man was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. And Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money, but Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I do have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up, and as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened, and he jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. And then walking and leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them. And all the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. And when they realized he was a lame beggar they'd seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. And they rushed out in amazement in Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. I bet he was. I ain't letting these guys go. God wants to affirm and confirm His Word with power, with signs and wonders. Not only in here. He does it in here. But He wants to do it out there too. I'll tell you what's really fun is when you start stepping out. I've done this multiple times. Now, let me, let me tell you. It, it pushes my comfort zone too. Just like it will yours. But I love it when somebody, when you see somebody who's hurting and God does a little tickle in your spirit, a, a little prod. It's not really a tickle. It's more of a prod. It's more of a Hello? God's done that. And I've gone up to people and I've said, can I pray for you? People hardly ever say no to that, by the way. They really don't. If you go up and say, can I preach to you, you might get a different response. (laughs) People not so interested in that. But can I pray for you? I see you're hurting. Would it be okay if I prayed? I've done that. I do that at the Y, when I'm at the Y... I've done that in lines, you know, whatever, you notice somebody. I mean, when that clerk is really, really unhappy, there's probably a reason behind that. There are probably 30 people who've just dumped on them, or maybe there's something that's been dumped on them at home. Here's an opportunity for you to bless. You can ask permission. You can say, is it okay if I just take your hand? Is that all right? If I just take your hand while we pray? That's the meaningful touch spoken word, expressing high value, picturing a special future. I'm going to just pray for you. I want to bless you in the name of the Lord and all those things concerning your life. Healing in those areas where you need healing, strength, the peace of God, the hope of God, the strength of God in your life. That the love of God would just pour in and through you with abundance. God's purpose, destiny for your life fulfilled. He loves you. You do that. Nobody's going to say, oh man, I don't want that. It's like you just open up. Practical. Practical. This is Jesus with skin on and shoes on. This is looking for opportunities to bless the people around you. It's starting to take notice. Let me tell you right now that there are widows and there are vulnerable people in your neighborhood who need your help. They're going to probably need your help in the next 24 hours. You know what? In the Olson family, this is not to whatever, I just illustratively, you know, it's not just my responsibility to clear my own sidewalks. I've got widows. I've got others in my neighborhood. My kids know, right? We know. (laughs) It's not just us. We take care of our neighbors. Why? Because they're our neighbors. And God says, love your neighbor. And love your neighbor means sometimes shoveling their walk. Checking on them. Make sure they're okay. 
when they're in the hospital, going to see them. Expressing the love of God to them in very practical ways. People will not care how much you know until they know how much you care. They really don't care how much you know. They're really not interested until they know how much you care. Right? So in practical ways, this is, I mean, that was the king's banquet. That was what all that was about. Bringing in homeless folks, those without means, those who did not have ability, and just feeding them a feast. Jesus talked about it. He likes that. He likes when we do that. He likes when we meet practical needs in the church and out there. It's not just for here. It starts here. We get to practice here. We pray for one another here. We proclaim the message of God here. We see the power of God released here. We care for one another practically here. We're learning how to be a blessing house here. But it's not to stay here. It's We learn it here for there. That's what it's about. That's his heart to release the blessing. So you practice it here. I'm terrified to think about praying for a clerk at the, at the cub. Okay, that's all right. Find somebody here and say, could I just pray for you? Start it here. I'm terrified to proclaim the message out there. Start it here by encouraging somebody with your testimony. Just say to somebody today, you know what God did for me this week? That's proclaiming the message. Start it here. It's safe. I couldn't possibly pray for the power of God. Start praying for it here. Start doing the practical here. Take care of one another here. All right? Does this all make sense? You following? That's what I got, people. All right. So, worship team, come on up. How's that for ending? Woo! Go out on a high note. Several years ago, Dave wrote a prophetic song for this congregation. We sing it at our annual meeting just about every year, and then we never sing it again until the next annual meeting. And so we're going to sing it today because I really like this song. Because it talks about being this house of blessing. So if you could just stay in the room for a moment while we sing this through, and then I want to pray a a corporate blessing, a, a corporate response blessing this morning. So if you just stay with us and then we're done. And if you didn't hear, we postponed the Bhutanese um, winter blast because there's too much winter happening today. So we're going to do that next week. And we post, we're, we're, we're not going to do saturate tonight just because the roads are supposed to be deteriorating rapidly. So, But you can hit a group this week. There's a list of them in there. Be reading the book of Romans. Did you notice what I was doing today in the book of Acts? I'm just... Because I'm saturating, I'm, because I'm getting saturated in it, so I'm watching the book in the book of Acts. I'm seeing a church that's a blessing. It's releasing the blessing. So this is, you know, let it, you know, it's, it's working for me too. Okay, it's working on me. It's working in my spirit. This is the point of this. It's why we're getting immersed. So could you please stand to your feet together as we make a corporate prayer declaration? We're going to sing this song, and then I'm going to pray, and then you're released. We could sing this together right now.